0: And welcome to Boarding Party. On this podcast, if you don't already know, you're about to. We talk to some of today's funniest comedians about their secret geek obsessions. And a lot of times we're finding it's not a secret at all. And there's no reason for it to be a secret, but we're billing it as a secret because um, secrets are sexy, secrets sell, secrets get clicks. They get downloads. So for our purposes, everyone's obsession is a secret and it's filthy. So this week, sharing her filthy secret obsession with the squeaky clean, really, Harry Potter uh, series franchise, I would say, is Karen Chi. Karen is a very funny comedian and a writer for Late Night with Seth Meyers. In fact, you've probably seen her on the show She's wonderful, and she has a, and essentially a lifelong love of the Harry Potter books, movies, of Harry Potter quizzes, of Butterbeer. And we're going to talk to her about all of that and more, plus what it's like to write at Late Night with Seth Meyers. Another thing to note that is fun for the next few episodes, we are going to do a whole bunch of conversations, not just with comedians, who are also geeks, but specifically Who are big geeks for Harry Potter because his birthday is coming up, and we wanted to celebrate the best way we know how by talking about him, by talking about how much we love Harry Potter, the books, the movies, fanfic, the fandom in general, how much we love the wizarding world of Harry Potter in Orlando, all that stuff. So definitely check it out if you're a fan of Harry Potter, and if not, well, after these podcasts. You're going to be because why aren't you? What's going on there? It's it's really fun. It's for the whole family. If you missed it as a kid, that's okay. Get on board anyway. So that's what we're going to be talking about with some of your favorite comedians, their obsession with Harry Potter. But first, we're talking to Karen Shee, big old Harry Potter fan. Karen, first, thanks so much for doing this. I'm very excited uh, that you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, so stoked. I'm okay. So we always start. I ask every guest mm-hmm. the question: Do you consider yourself a geek?
1: Yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think I have a very like obsessive personality. Oh. So there are like large things in the world where I'm like, I don't know anything about this, and I'm I don't care. And then other things where I'm like, I have to know every single detail. Is that
0: that? Um sort of completest is that it or it's more just like i you just really engage with something once you like it
1: Ooh, that's a good question i think a mix of both probably yeah. um because if i start something and i don't like it i'll stop like I'd, mm-hmm. i i read a lot of books but i'm very happy to stop reading a book if i think it's bad i, I remember the day i realized that was an option how yes. liberating it was it's so great my grandpa one time was just like life is too short to read like a bad book and i was like "Grandpa, yeah. that's smart." <laughs> And it's like,
0: okay, after 50 pages, I think I got it. Yeah. I don't think this is going to get magically better. A hundred percent. Yeah. So spoiler alert, (laughs) we're mostly going to talk about Karen's love of Harry Potter. Yes. But is there any thing, doesn't even have to be like geek or genre related, that typifies something that you've just had to completely learn about or obsess over?
1: I, Okay. Because it was also kind of bottomless, which was exciting but frustrating oh, at the same time. Sure. I got very into like British satire and like sitcoms and stuff when I was in high school. But very specifically, you can sort of trace like generations of different comedians. And so mm-hmm. I remember watching panel shows and being like, oh my god, David Mitchell is so funny. Exactly. Bread and milk is a bad idea. People do. That. It gives them diarrhea and they dry out. Um. You can really feed <laughs> bread and milk to any mammal, including yeah. humans. But there is a radio foreshadowing. I'll Do come you... off it. <laughs> no, well, you shouldn't feed humans bread and milk. No, not oh. really. What do you mean, not really? It's absolutely, demonstrably fine. No, it's not very good for you. It's fine! (laughs) We've been drinking milk and eating bread for ages. Why is it suddenly a massive problem? Oh no, actually, we're supposed to live until we're 250. But no, we've been eating all this poisonous bread and milk all the time. (laughs) barely lived past 98. (laughs) and then realizing he was in shows with Robert Webb. So I watched all of those and read about them, and then realized they were inspired by, like, Fry and Laurie. Well, bit of a surprise piece of news here. We don't normally do news stories, but this one, this one does seem fairly major. It'd be silly to ignore it. Um, according to a Reuters newsflash, uh, the British government has apparently just been bought by Honda. Then I'd watch those and they were inspired by like Monty Python, I watched those. They were inspired by like uh, Peter Cook and Dudley Moore and I just kept going further and further back and now I have this insane like map in my head of like 20th century British satire. I'm I'm fascinated by all this specifically that it was going on in high school. Yeah,
0: I was really cool. Yeah. of all the things that high schoolers could get really into, yes. I do think that that is a pretty cool one. There's some pretty <laughs> like, as an adult, I would call un uncool or things I would rather my teen not be obsessed with. Ooh, I think fair. that's what I'm trying to say. Are you thinking about drugs? I think I'm thinking about <laughs> um drugs. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. If it were, if my teen came to me and said, "Should I be obsessed with drugs <laughs> or should I be obsessed with British satire?", I'd be like, mm, let me ask your father no, <laughs> yeah. definitely say British <laughs> satire
1: well and you worked backward yeah I because I found that like duo of people was just like oh like how did you get here and then I kept going backwards and then I remember being excited and then also kind of frustrated when it branched mm-hmm. out laterally because I was like oh no this tree just keeps getting bigger and bigger yeah yeah it never ends yeah
0: it never ends eventually you'll get into what I almost just said what was before TV <laughs>
1: I honestly did. I went for I went far enough back to like Flanders and Swan, who are these mm. duo that used to do concert halls and sing funny songs. And yes. I think they were just ex- like the latest they got. I think were just on the radio, and I would hear youtube recordings of record record like of records that somebody Mm -hmm. had and so it was just like the worst quality and i was like i must listen to all these
0: yeah it's sort of an ancient podcast in a way truly (laughs) wow to bring it full circle (laughs) radio is just ancient podcasting okay so definitely a geek and definitely has yeah it seems like that is a hallmark of well certainly i think everyone who's been on this podcast but a lot of people who consider themselves geeks it's like yeah, I don't know everything, but man, the stuff that I do know, I've gone deep. Yes. <laughs> Before we dive into Harry Potter, I feel like I, I really struggled with what is like the first question you ask someone who's a Harry Potter fan? And I think it's got to be what house are you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um,
1: I'm a Ravenclaw. Whoa,
0: Ravenclaw.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Rare. Well, yeah. Yeah. I think Gryffindor is obviously super popular. Mm-hmm. And then I think New York has lots of Slytherins. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I wonder if that's just how it breaks down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> New York, and I'll go out on a limb and say specifically the entertainment industry.
0: And remember, mm-hmm. Slytherins are not evil. Right. Remember this. Not but all. lots of Slytherin. Not yeah. all. Yeah. But, but I think lots of Slytherins.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: now, is that some, an, a conclusion you arrived at? on your own or did you take the Pottermore quiz?
1: Um, I both. So I arrived to it on my own and then I took the Pottermore quiz. (laughs) Just my level Mm -hmm. of nerdiness is going to be very embarrassing, but I also took, okay, so Time Magazine did this quiz that was created by a whole bunch of like scientists who were studying personalities and stuff and they did an entire breakdown and then also gave you a percentage breakdown afterwards of how much of each house you were because they were saying everyone's like a mix of them. I took it and was like, great, I'm a Ravenclaw on all three fronts. And then I sent the quiz to all of my friends being like, you must take this. <laughs> I need to know what your percentage breakdowns are. Did they? Yeah, they did. And I had them screenshot and send it back. And I was like, this is very cool. <laughs> OK, was it accurate, though? Were
0: you like, oh, what? You are not a Hufflepuff. No,
1: I think it weirdly was very accurate because there are... Other quizzes that exist in the world where it's really obvious which answer correlates which house. It'll be like. Oh, yeah. Like every quiz in Seventeen magazine. Does
0: he like you? And you just pick all the ones that are like, well, he calls me back all the time, even (laughs) though you've like never spoken on the phone at the end. You're like, he loves me. A hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think people do that. And then it helps pick you know, whatever answer they actually want. It'll be like, when I wake up in the morning, I feel brave and courageous. (laughs) Like (laughs) nobody ever feels that way. No. Um, But this one I think was trickier from what I remember. And I think people answered honestly. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember taking the uh, Pottermore quiz. Wait, yes, what house are you? I can't believe I didn't
0: ask. Well, so, okay, I'm a Hufflepuff.
1: I know, Hufflepuff. Okay. a proud Hufflepuff.
0: No, that's the best. I've always identified... Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I've always identified as Hufflepuff. When I have told many people in my life that I am a Hufflepuff, mm-hmm. their reaction is that it's completely incorrect, that it's wrong, it couldn't possibly be. Mm-hmm. And it it does make me wonder, am I? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. But I've taken it, it's like... And I I do think, in hindsight... It was, I answered a lot of questions about like loving animals and nature. Yeah. I wouldn't consider those my defining day to day characteristics, but I do think that's what got me sorted into Hufflepuff. Yes.
1: So, Wait, yes. why do you think you're not a Hufflepuff?
0: Because I think I have other like more dominant characteristics that are probably somewhere
1: between
0: Ravenclaw and Gryffindor. Ooh,
1: interesting. Yeah.
0: But not according to Pottermore. And that to me is, it's gospel fine. Yeah, that's it's, fair.
1: Yeah. Because uh, I really like talking about this to figure, especially if I'm meeting like a new group of friends who mm. are like about our age. I feel like everyone knows the references of Harry Potter mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, and then it's a good way to sort of get people talking about themselves. Sure. But I will say a very fun thing I've noticed is people either pick a house based on what they how they think they come across or what they value. Mm. And that's always interesting because I think I can see you being a Hufflepuff because I can see you valuing, like, kindness and, like, yeah. consistency and, like, re- like being a good person over the other houses. But I can also see you being like, wait, hold on. I'm also, like, charismatic. And that's not necessarily what you think of. Yeah. I'm also not
0: boring. No. no. <laughs> I love Hufflepuff. And I, I agree. I think it's, like, the things, what are you versus what do you value? Yes. And if it's what do I value... A oh, thousand percent, yeah, Hufflepuff. Yeah, and I, I'm not trying to trade it in. I love Hufflepuff. <laughs> um, okay, well, now that we have that sorted, mm-hmm. thank you. Um, that was the worst that thing was, I've ever done. No, it
1: was beautiful. I'm glad we had a moment of silence after. Mm-hmm, for it, I
0: really apologize. Um, what was your first encounter with Harry Potter?
1: I remember, so I have an older brother who is six years older than me. And so Mm. when I was a kid, I was, like, obsessed with him and did everything Mm. he did and thought he was the coolest person in the world. I, like, still do. When I was in kindergarten or first grade, he was solidly, like, obsessed. And, like, in middle school and, like, able to read on his own, you know. Um, And would be reading these, like, thick books. And I was just like, what is this? And I recall him reading the books out loud to me before I was old enough to, like, actually read the full books on my own I think it's maybe yeah he's so nice um but I remember we didn't know how to pronounce a lot of the words like Hermione I think he always mispronounced until the movies came out just because we had never met a Hermione before I I think very few people have yes that's a tough one yeah and then uh we always thought it was Cyrus Black not Sirius Mm. Black because we were just like there's always someone's name is Sirius that's like (laughs) too stupid yeah (laughs) Yeah. surely it's Cyrus. It's yeah. not the
0: serious XM thing. No, like, that would be crazy.
1: Uh, and then it was.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was the books. That was your first. And now, were you reading, well, you and your brother, mm-hmm. reading the books, was this before there were any films? Were there films that were coming out when yeah. you guys were focused on the books? Like, how did that fall?
1: I should have double-checked this. I'm 90% sure that we read the books when I was in, starting when I was in maybe first grade together, and then I think when I was in third grade, the first movie came out. Because I remember going to the theater and watching it with my parent. like our whole family went together, and my brother was so excited and also demanded that he was seated alone. <laughs> so he sat, maybe with a friend, actually. I think, But he sat slightly separately from the rest of us. Mm. Um, and I sat with my parents, and... The first movie is like very scary for young children, mm-hmm. um, and I remember my mom being like, "Like you can open your eyes now," <laughs> and like oh. sort of helping me watch this movie that I wanted to so badly enjoy.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, okay, yeah, you were in third grade. He's six years older, so yeah. he was in... A freshman in yeah, high school so who had to out. go to a movie with his parents and younger sister. Yeah, he was yeah. like, this is fine, but I will be sitting yes. in a different row. Yeah. Sure, that's right around the age that it kicks in. <laughs> okay, so did you have the feeling of like, oh, this thing that I've loved yeah. is now coming to life
1: in front of me, or was it just like, oh, yeah, it's like a movie? I actually, I don't know if I... I actually don't remember, but i the one part I do remember is I was like, oh, my God, other people know about this? Oh, was the, yeah. Yeah, because uh, I think it was because I had an older brother that none of my friends who were my age in elementary school, especially in the early elementary school years, knew what mm-hmm. Harry Potter was. Um, and so it was just like a cool thing we did at home. And then when it was a movie, I was just like, oh, my gosh, the whole world knows this story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So
0: when you first were reading the books, it sounds like you loved it. Partially because it's you loved it, but partially because you're a brother. Yeah, but I think so. Did you like? Did you fall in right away, or did it take some time?
1: I think I fell in right away. Um, okay. I, especially when I was younger, had an insane sort of um, imaginative life that I would often it would just sort of be my world, and mm-hmm. then I'd be like, oh wait, this this isn't true, you know, sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. And I think Harry Potter, one of the coolest things about it is that it's so. Um, it's written kind of like a puzzle piece in a way that just fits right in with the way we currently view the world. And you're like, oh, I mean, obviously none of this is true, but it could be. yeah. <laughs> and she like allows for like people like us who don't know about me. It's just this, I sound insane, but it's like- Not at all. When I was a child, I was like, oh, because my barrier, whatever that is of suspension of disbelief mm-hmm. was so much lower. I was immediately like, yes, I believe in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I turn 11, I will go to Hogwarts. <laughs> they might, They might contact me. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's- I may get
0: this wrong, but I think that that is a specific genre of fantasy called, I believe it's called, like, portal fantasy. Ooh! Yeah. Which is the idea, like, there are some, like Game of Thrones, where it's just a different world. Mm -hmm. Or Middle Earth, Westeros. Then there are some where it's like, it could, it's your world, and there's some kind of gateway, Yeah, you know? And I think that is really intoxicating, especially for kids, because this sounds, but, like, you sort of do see the possibility for magic yes. in ways adults don't. Oh, my God. Yes, absolutely. It's so great. I wish I'd had the experience of reading it as a kid ah. and thinking like, oh, maybe I'll get my Hogwarts like
1: Yes, truly. It was like, it, it, I yeah, I would feel like drunk with power thinking of what I would do when I got to Hogwarts. Oh, yeah. OK. So that's a great question. So what would you have
0: done at drunk with power between ages what, six and however old you were yeah. when it finished? Yeah, yeah. Was there, like, a recurring fantasy of... Of, of like, what
1: I would do? Yeah. I think I would have been a very good student. Mm-hmm. I would have been very scared of the defense of the de- the dark arts classes. I would have mm-hmm. been, like, horrified by. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I... If any of the things that happened in Harry Potter, like, the scary things happened while I was at Hogwarts, I would have not ever stepped up to the plate. <laughs> I, I was so. solidly not a Gryffindor. I'm, like... If if put to the test, I'm sure I would do the right thing. But mm-hmm. if someone was like, who wants to volunteer to fight a dragon? I'd be like, oh, no, not me. <laughs> yeah. I would have had so much fun hanging out in the library. I would have gone to mm-hmm. all the Quidditch games. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think that I could be on the Quidditch team until I remember that I'm, like, afraid of heights. And then I'd be like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All, uh... <laughs> I mean, look, that sounds
0: like the average Hogwarts student experience. It's like, I just want to get in and get out. I want to have fun, (laughs) like, see some Quidditch. But Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to Cedric Diggory myself here. No, no, I I don't want to die. Yeah, that's crazy. No. So (laughs) what is the deepest that you've ever gone? We've already
1: talked about the quizzes (laughs) and the forced quizzing of god, (laughs) I do think the forced quizzing was pretty... Awful, because I want to say I did that up until last year. <laughs> 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 and then, yeah, okay. I, I mean, I will say, especially in high school and college, anytime I had a vacation and I could just let my brain not think about school or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I would just reread the books, like, in oh. order of how much I liked them, and which changes all the time. But oh, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it out was, of order. Yeah, just because it felt... I, I would be in a certain mood for a certain book or sure. whatever, you know. Yeah. And it was such a nice place in my brain. I also, I, maybe everyone feels this way. I just haven't talked about it with people before. But I feel like a lot of books and a lot of... TV shows I rewatch, like I rewatch Downton Abbey very regularly mm. and like The Parent Trap very regularly because they feel like places to me rather than totally. a story. Yeah. And so Harry Potter, I'd always be like, oh, it feels like a safe place in my mind. Yeah. Um, so it's like just going home for a while and coming back. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: The order changes. Mm-hmm. But is there one that is there one book that yes. sort of stands
1: out for you as like, this is yes. always my favorite? Uh, the Prisoner of Azkaban is like my favorite
0: you know, I think that stands out for a lot of people, both yes. movie and book, as favorite.
1: I think the, the movie, is, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it works really well because I bet if... Uh, a lot of the movies, I think, out of order f- don't really make a lot of sense. Like, you would have to sort of know what happens before and after. Yeah. But I think that, as a standalone book, honestly, works so well. Yeah. Um, and the story's very neatly tied together. It has its, like, own fun thing with the time turners. Yeah, it's, like, very cool. Yeah, I think a lot of books and movies try and are pretty
0: unsuccessful with time jumping and time looping mm. and prisoner of azkaban does it really well in oh. a way that makes sense yes. it's not super complicated you know they set up she sets up very clear rules mm-hmm. and they follow the rules and it pays off really well
1: how did you get there i was talking to you there, no, you're there. what's he talking about harry i know honestly well, how can somebody be in two places at once my all-time Harry Potter crushes, like, appears in that book, Remus Lupin. What was that thing?
0: Okay, it was a Dementor, one of the guards of Azkaban.
1: It's gone now. He was searching the train for Sirius Black. If you'll excuse me, I need to have a little word with the driver. So oh, it's oh, wow. very thrilling for me.
0: <laughs> that is a fascinating angle. Yes. Okay. Wait, do you have a Harry Potter crush? Oh. We should discuss. Yes, yeah, Sirius Black.
1: Oh, great. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. He's
0: just sort of, like, tortured, but he never lost his, like, moral compass, even though he's an Azkaban. Yeah. uh,
1: He's kind of a bad boy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But Remus Lupin, too, has the same...
1: I think I like him because he is, like, a gentle and possibly weak version of Sirius Black. (laughs) He's just... Yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I, I, I think I generally am like, oh, if a man appears smart but weak, I'm like, yes, hello. <laughs> smart but, Yeah, like kind, but also like physically not mm-hmm. really imposing. Yeah. Or present. Yeah. Okay, I thought you meant weak sort
0: of just like he's just generally like weak.
1: No, no, but, as but in physically I can't weak. imagine him really lifting a suitcase with much success.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he is. There is something kind of and maybe it's to contrast the I mean, it probably is his like beast. Yes. I mean, yeah. Within. But yeah. Yeah. The description of I can't imagine him carrying a suitcase is very <laughs> could have been in the
1: breakdown. <laughs> like, can't yeah. imagine. He would be very smart, say the right things to the right people. You know what I mean? Like if someone evil appeared, I'm sure he would try to fight them. Yeah, he'd probably be good at it. Yeah, he'd probably be good at it if it's like spells, but if Mm -hmm. it was physical fighting, oh, he's dead. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and that's hot. (laughs) I I think uh, in a similar vein of Sirius Black Mm -hmm. is, and I also think it's only the way he was portrayed by Alan Rickman is Snape. There is something yes, a little obsessive, true, but sweet Mm -hmm. about the way Snape is portrayed in the movies. Yes, that I don't think is true in the books. I don't think he, there's at least I feel Snape doesn't have the same sweetness that Alan Rickman and torturedness that mm-hmm. he conveys. I don't I, know.
1: I think you're. I think you're absolutely right. I think in the books he comes up. He comes across like slimier and pointier. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Like, even physically and personality-wise, but I think Alan Rickman is, was such a soft, kind person that even the mean things, I was like, oh, he's secretly probably very warm. <laughs> he probably would make you a cup of tea if yes. he came over and just, like, be nice to you.
0: Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, have you been to w- the Wizarding World?
1: Okay, either? yes. I went to the Wizarding yes. World. Yes. I heard you were just there. I was
0: just Oh, my God. There. How was it? I mean, it was so fun. We were there for... um. Because we were covering the opening of Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure, which I'm very good at now saying. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's always, it's always magical.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So when have you been there? Um, When I was in college, my, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, my college improv group and I Mm -hmm. uh, would, over winter break for a week, go to someone's house together, Um, and one of our uh the one of the people in the troop had a, like was from Florida, so we went to visit his house and then one of the days we just drove to the wizarding world and it was amazing. What are your thoughts on
0: real life butterbeer? Okay,
1: I will say I was a little disappointed that butterbeer was clearly just a soda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I say little disappointed I'll say like furious. Yep. Um because I wanted it to be that like hot beverage mm-hmm. that like was filled with liquor, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so when so. I ordered
0: it, I did ask. I was like, and how much? Like, what's the alcohol content of this? Mm-hmm. And the woman's like, none. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is a theme park for children. young children and families. Like, we're not serving booze all day. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And I do believe I asked another park attendant, is there. Another station. Like, yes. is this it for the butter beer, or yeah. can I get Wait. a boozy butter beer? And they're
1: like, "No, stop." Okay, I'm so sorry. I just remembered. This is the absolute most embarrassing possible thing. Okay, so in college, my friend Cecilia and I took the science class together. Neither of us were into science. Actually, she kind of was. She's like very smart, but I think had to take this requirement. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was. For chemistry, I think, some sort of chemistry-related class. And so we took this class called the Science of Cooking, where we (laughs) it was mostly cooking things. And then you'd have to learn about the science behind it, but it was very easy and basic. Mm -hmm. And so all the, like, arts and English kids were doing it. Sure. Um, And at the end of the course, you got to create, like, your own dish of some kind that incorporated something you had learned earlier the semester. And she and I were like, okay, what do we do? What do we do? And both of us were like, let's just make this as easy, but as fun as possible. Like we found one of the things, um, like a formula that's like how to make things bubble you know whatever and i was we were truly just like we have to make butterbeer we have to make it better than actual visiting world butterbeer better butterbeer yes so we literally made butterbeer for one of our final assignments for this class uh and then had like a full um what is it called like a trifold oh yes the science fair like i know exactly what you mean what is that yes i don't know what they're called but i don't either we had one that was like a Harry Potter and We had butterbeer and we like fermented it over weeks and like added in all this flavor and like made it really cool. And then also had the thing to make it foamy and stuff. It was oh so glorious. Was it good? I thought so. Did you write down? What? I mean, I have it somewhere like on my computer. I can email it to you. Please. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, my God. I'll give you full. I will. Now I will. If anyone ever <laughs> comes to my home and drinks it, I'll be like, it is not my recipe. Yeah. <gasps> that is That's pretty deep, like making your own crafting your own butterbeer recipe.
1: Yes, it was, I will say, less mortifying at the time because everyone was our age and everyone was, like, excited about it. Sure. Now saying it, sort of, you know, looking back, being like, hello, I did this for a class project (laughs) as a 22-year-old feels insane.
0: I think it's so wonderful. And I think anytime (laughs) I I think back to so many classes in college where it's like, if I had just chosen to have fun with this instead of really hating it, man, (laughs) I would have done better in college. (laughs) Yeah, college. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. Um... So, okay. So you've been a fan since you were a kid. Yes. How do you feel, particularly since most of your life you've known the story of Harry Potter, when good old JK mm-hmm. adds or changes, <laughs> yeah. um, for example, the most recent Dumbledore uh, and Grindelwald, yes. her sort of dropping that like, yes, they their relationship, I think her words were like, was, had like a sexual element to right, it. Yeah. I'm not sure she actually came out and said that they, they, they had had sex or in a relationship. Right. But when... I mean, I got horned up.
1: <laughs> you
0: are like, yeah. 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 Okay, so like, when the canon is changing, when she's sort of yeah. changing it, it's fun and exciting that it's like dynamic as mm. opposed to like, oh, my... I I guess what I'm saying is I think so many times there's this reaction among fans of like, my childhood. Right, right. You know, but it's like,
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, It honestly doesn't bother me that much, partly because I think I can understand from her perspective. I feel like one of the reasons why the books were so good is because she had such complete... Lives imagined for every single character, and so yeah. even if she didn't detail all of them in the book, I'm sure they existed in her brain, and that's why they felt three dimensional. Yeah, and so I'm sure later on she's like, "Oh wait, but here are all these other details that I thought of that are true for me that I." She's like, "I in her mind, she's like, I'm just wanting to share this with you, so I kind of get that." Yeah, and then on the other end of things, I am truly like, "Oh, but my childhood is over, so I don't." <laughs> no, do you know what I mean? It like ended. When it and it's not going back and affecting my childhood yeah. in any way. I still love what I loved, and if I want to disregard whatever sexual relationships happened, which I don't want to discard. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I, it doesn't really bother me at all. It is very funny I to think. me how seriously people take these, or like how offended they get. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There is that is a really good
0: point of the argument. My childhood. It's like, well, your childhood has been over
1: yeah. for years. If if a new Harry Potter thing is ruining your life and you're like 28, there's like other problems in your life. Yeah, yeah. Like have an op- You can have an
0: opinion, but you gotta keep it in a place. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Totally fair to have an opinion.
0: <laughs> gotta manage that. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think it's fun when an author or mm-hmm. someone expands the canon or what we thought was going on, especially when it feels. Correct. I don't know how else to say that. It yeah. feels, it can feel disingenuous or like something's being invented, mm-hmm. but when it feels like, oh, I always kind of thought, or like, yeah. interesting,
1: hey, yeah. yeah. Oh, the one thing that I will say I did get pissed off about, for not for the reason that it's going to sound like, is when she went back and was like, why couldn't Hermione have been black? That's that thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, that felt like a cheap way to add diversity in hindsight after mm-hmm. she forgot to include diversity the yeah. whole
0: time. Totally. Just because
1: I'm like, if, Hermione were black and you had written everyone else to be white aside from like Cho Chang. Yeah. Her experience at Hogwarts I'm sure would have been very different than what it was. You know very what I mean? Different. yeah. And like the fact of um, clearly imagining her to look at least something like Emma Watson and mm-hmm. then giving her this like amazing thing and like all this stuff and then after the books were done, being like, hey, you're the one who's racist for thinking she can't be black. I'm like, no, you wrote a white book. That's yeah. fine. You wrote a white book. We all love it. It was yeah. so well written that it feels universal. That in itself, that's amazing. Just yeah. own that. But don't turn around and tell
0: me, like, yeah. will you
1: imagined a white girl just because I wrote one? Right. Like, yeah, also, because I it. she wrote the Asian character to be named Cho Chang. Like, yeah. clearly she's not, like, Aww. subtle about race. Yeah. <laughs> so, God, yeah, God, I don't know. <laughs> Okay,
0: so when we come back, we'll dive into a day in the life at Late Night with Seth Myers. But first, we're going to take a quick break. Okay, it's time to commit. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Karen, we're back, and I want to talk to you a little bit about what it's like working at Late Night with Seth Myers. What
1: is a typical day like at Late Night? Okay, so uh, in the morning we all get in either 9.30 or a little bit before, and then... Depending on whether you're monologue or sketch or whichever one you're sort of picking for the day, I guess, uh, monologue writers have deadlines throughout the day. There are two writer's assistants who are super awesome named Kyle and Aileen, and they write up a whole bunch of setups based on the news that are just like one word, quick summaries of a, of a headline. Um, and then based on that, we write punchlines. And so we write three four pages of those until about 1 and then we send them into our head writer alex bays who then reads through and picks the ones he likes um and then at two o'clock we go in for a reading with seth who mm-hmm. sort of speed reads through all the ones that bays had picked and then highlights the ones he liked so it really gets the final pool of jokes that go to rehearsal are super small and then at rehearsal which is at 4.15. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we have another deadline before. So between that, we have a deadline, and then we go to rehearsal at 4.15 with a live audience, and we try out our jokes on them, and then we see what lands and what doesn't. And then at 5.30, we have the final deadline, and then 6.30 is a taping. There are like three, in my mind, three tracks of writing that happen throughout the day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, not, but in a way, mm-hmm. we we joked, but everyone is sorted. You're mono, yes! sketch, yeah. <laughs> or sort of like cl- team closer look. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think you're right. And yeah. you're mono. I'm
1: mono. Okay, cool. Yeah. Is it fun, stressful, all of the above? Yeah, it's mostly very fun. I think the only times it's stressful is if I'm having an off day in terms of being able to think of funny jokes and mm-hmm. then around one o'clock I'll be like oh no I don't have enough jokes and then I'll be like rapid fire like <laughs> just like write a bunch of stuff um and I feel like Baze can easily tell when he's like last page is just like oh Karen no <laughs> <laughs> um yeah <laughs> but it's mostly very fun and it's nice to have deadlines because when they're done we like but because we're all in the same room um yeah. we just hang out and goof off and do bits and stuff that's great
0: yeah i mean it sounds very fun the more you talk about it the more i'm like this is comedy hogwarts yeah <laughs> you're sorted <laughs> yes. and it's congenial maybe some competition but maybe <laughs> mostly you know you play quidditch
1: whatever mm, totally totally
0: <laughs> so you recently we were just talking about it we're in a very funny segment what does karen know yeah <laughs> based on you and seth being of different generations yes <laughs> <and> yeah <laughs> having different points of reference
1: one of our writers.
0: Karen just turned 24 years old. To give you an idea of how young that is, the year I graduated
1: college, Karen was graduating from milk to solid foods. And uh, as a result of having someone as young as Karen, we're finding out she has a much different frame of reference than a lot of us. So uh, uh,
0: we thought we'd find out exactly what Karen knows about the past in a segment called What Does Karen Know? Thanks for being out
1: here, Karen. I'm so excited. (laughs) All right, ready?
0: What do you think? The room in general, if you were to pitch, like, how deep do you think the room could go on Harry Potter? Are they like, sure, oh, Harry Potter, wizard. Or are they like, oh, we know who, we know Robert Pattinson was in Harry Potter. I don't know why that would be
1: I actually don't think they would know Robert Pattinson was in Harry Potter. Mm, I wonder. Mistake. uh, I'm actually going to answer this, or I'm going to try this out on Thursday. But I bet the only other person who's obsessed or was obsessed was Ian, I, I imagine if I asked like Matt Goldage, I feel like he'd be like, I'm a dad. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Please, Karen. <laughs> just turn around and go, I'm a, you'll be like, hey, Matt, do you? And he just goes, I'm a dad. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <you're> like, okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I can't imagine anyone else being super into it. Maybe Carnell, maybe Ben Warhite, I think, could low key be very into Harry Potter. That makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. So it's like very, the sort of like pop culture, pop culture cursory knowledge. Yes. Like we know who Daniel Radcliffe is. And we know oh yes that like Alan Rickman was in those movies and but beyond that. Uh, yeah, I think so. Interesting. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Just to uh wrap things up. Mm-hmm. Can you share if you have one one controversial Potter opinion, theory, something that you feel I would say strongly about that might rile other Potter fans?
1: I feel a, like an, a lot of sympathy for the Dursleys, specifically Petunia. Wow. Um, I don't feel that much sympathy for Vernon Dursley. I think he's mm-hmm. just a piece of shit. But <laughs> I think, <laughs> so and I don't like Dudley. Okay, so I'm just talking about Petunia. Petunia. But I feel so bad for her because she clearly had a sister who was... I mean, especially in the movies, her sister's, like, gorgeous, and she's so ugly. Yeah, (laughs) really. The actress is amazing, and they made her look bad. You know, like, it was just the stuff where they were like, okay, as a child, you had a sibling who was perfect, Mm -hmm. who was also a witch, had these magical powers, was the favorite child. And then you were not a witch. You asked to get into that school, and they were just like, no. Mm -hmm. And then... So you're like, great, I'm going to cut off that part of my life and try and be happy in what I have. She sadly marries an awful man. Mm -hmm. And then gets this child who embodies everything she tried to avoid that caused, made her childhood terrible. Yeah. Right. And then is having to take care of him. Obviously, I don't think she would have been as mean to him. But I do feel like, oh, that I really like how J.K. Rowling wrote her character because I'm like, I get why you're so mean. Just she I don't think she writes two-dimensional bad women, if that makes sense. That That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Yeah. I think all the women who, even the ones who are very evil, I'm like, oh, I get it though. I get sort of how that happened to you. Yeah. you're like a person. You're not,
0: you're not just, she's not just an evil stepmother. There's a whole lot of psychology behind why she is the way she is. Totally.
1: Yeah. And then the husband's just, no.
0: He's (laughs) He's just a bad man.
1: He just sucks. Yeah, which honestly, those men exist.
0: Yeah, Yeah, for sure. He's a type as well. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's, I think the character in in a lot of magic, the the idea that there's always this one character who can't do it, who desperately wants to. Yeah. It's always kind of tragic. And I feel like, especially as an adult, I relate, this is very sad, but it's like, you can relate more and more to the character who would love to have magic. This makes my life sound very sad, but it's not. No, I I fully know what you mean. But they've had to sort of like cope with the fact that like, well, I'm never going to be... I'm never gonna have those skills. Yeah, there is something very like
1: sad and adult about that. Totally, I almost feel like um, I mean, this is also gonna make me sound sad. Right now, I'm very happily single, I should say. But there yeah. are times, you know, when you feel very lonely romantically, mm-hmm. and it feels like the whole world is in a relationship with yeah. someone else that's wonderful, and you're like, wait, what's wrong with me? Like, why didn't yeah I get to? Ha-? You know, that I think is maybe a similar feeling. Yes, yeah. and that sucks. Yeah, yeah,
0: it really sucks, and it's really relatable. I would read a book about a Petunia Dursley yes. character. Oh my God. Like the sister who's just like, well, I'm not magic. Yes. So I'm gonna get a degree and a job. Okay. Yeah. Like <laughs> great.
1: Yeah. Get really good at gardening. Yes. yes. Really good. Yeah.
0: Karen, thanks so much. This was wonderful. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Yeah. And please send me the butterbeer recipe. Yes, I absolutely <laughs> will. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Bye. And that is our episode. Thank you so much to Karen Chi for being here and talking with us and confessing all the deep, dark secrets that her soul harbors regarding Harry Potter and more, really. So you can see Karen at her show. She is co-hosting with Larry Owens on August 1st at the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York City. It's called Decolonize Your Mind. And if I know anything... I know that it will be very funny because Karen is very funny. Larry is very funny and it'll be a wonderful show. So definitely check that out. Of course, watch Late Night with Seth Meyers on NBC at 1230 a.m. Because it's the morning every weeknight. And hey, if you like what you heard here on Boarding Party, go ahead. Subscribe. Download. You can subscribe wherever you get podcasts. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, A Fourth Choice. Wherever you're getting podcasts, get this one, baby. More secrets next week. Bye.